JB Knowledge Podcast Network. On episode 65 of the Insure Tech Geek Podcast, talking about builders' risk and tech with David Baxter from iMitigate Risk. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific tech we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. Greetings and salutations to listeners out there in listening land. Good to have you on the show this week as we record this. It is 11 a.m. Central Time on September Friday, September 17th. That's right. It's another game day Friday. we got a big uh, Friday of uh, high school football followed by college football here in the United States, which, of course, makes my world a whole much more interesting and uh, have all kinds of fun with that. But uh, more importantly, it's also when we record uh, the InsureTech Geek podcast, and we are going to be geeking out with a guest who lives in Atlanta, but he's uh, he's actually from England, and he's over in uh, Greenwich uh, near London uh, right now, recording and and staying up a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit later in the day than uh, than it is over here. Uh, glad to have David Baxter on. David, thanks for joining us. Thank you uh, for having me. And also with me from beautiful San Antonio, Texas, the illustrious Rob Galbraith, the most interesting interesting man in insurance. Rob, good to see you as always. Yeah, happy Friday, gentlemen. And just to clarify, since we've got David on from the UK, we're talking about American football, because I also know that the English Premier League is in full swing and the Champions <laughs> League has started. So we uh, got our football bases covered mm. globally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're watching the, the football they don't play with feet. And David <laughs> is actually interested in the football they actually play with feet. And so just to be really, really clear, I actually played soccer slash English football, proper football, <laughs> my entire life. So I, 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 I love that. But, uh, you know, and, we, and we're getting uh, Rooney. You know, we, we get a lot of highlights of Rooney now with MLS. Uh, we, we enjoy uh, yeah. we enjoy it. It's like, it's like uh, MLS has turned into the Premier League's retirement circuit. You know, they come over to America. They get to redo their career and, <laughs> and make, a, make, make just as much money over here. Uh, playing for smaller crowds, uh, it's it's uh, it's quite enjoyable getting to watch some of my favorite Champions League and Premier League, and uh, you know La Liga stars come over here and and uh, and hang out with us in America. Before we get started with our interview, of course, we're not going to talk about football or, or soccer. We're going to be talking about insure tech and builders' risk and all kinds of fun things. I want to remind you, you can subscribe to the podcast by texting Geek Out to six six eight six six. Make sure you never miss an episode. We'll email you the show notes every week and a link to download and uh, listen to the show. As always, text geek out to 66866. Back to our guest, uh, David Baxter. Uh, David, again, good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us uh, later in the day from uh, from beautiful uh, Greenwich, uh, d- just outside of London, uh, England there. We're going to talk about InsureTech, but first I want to talk about you. Mm-hmm. Where were you born and raised and what did you envision doing when you were a kid? Born and raised uh, in the UK, in in, uh, in Birmingham, actually, mm. um, which is the second city. And um, what did I envisage doing before, you know, when I grew up is actually going to be an astronaut. Every every kid's dream, either that or a pilot. And watched a lot of these, you know, space shows. And you know, one of them was called Space 1999. 
I'm not sure if you'd probably remember that, but I'm probably showing my age now. Um, but uh, really got into that show, and um, yeah, I wanted to be a spaceman. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> uh, I ended up being, becoming a pilot, and I fly like you know once or twice a week. So I fly a lot. Love flying. Wow. Love being in the air. Mm-hmm. Of course, now like being an astronaut is much more much more possible now than it ever was. <laughs> we have a we currently, as we speak, we have an all civilian crew rocketing around the planet on a private spacecraft. Like that's right. Yeah. How cool yeah. is that? Brilliant. I, I think you know lucky for those fortunate people to do that. And uh, yeah, I would love to you know I'm putting it out there in the universe. Um, I'd love to be on that spaceship for the next time they go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 really I mean, me too. Yeah, if it's higher and faster, I'm down. Like I like to go high and fast, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. there's nothing like it at all. I can tell you that. Uh, that that's amazing. Yeah. So you end up going into building and building construction technology and building construction. You you, you go into this as a field of study. Like what what led you to pick building construction as a field of study and a career? I think it all really started when you know just just seeing how construction was booming in the UK. And as I was growing up, um, I, I was actually a photographer um, to begin with. Um, didn't really make a lot of money, didn't make a huge career out of, out of photography, but I enjoyed it and you know, really decided then to sort of take it to the next level, started doing um, photography of buildings and then got into studying um, construction and building and really then took me to uh, the level of uh, as a chartered surveyor as they're called here in the uk which is is somebody who who looks at construction and buildings um engineering and so on and then with that you know sort of qualification it sort of led me into the insurance space i became a loss adjuster i worked as a loss adjuster for over 10 years and you know it's like a big jigsaw puzzle you have you know your your knowledge base for construction project management and then you become a loss adjuster bringing that sort of skill set uh, from the insurance industry and then coupling that together went into risk management and risk management doing loss control inspections and risk engineering inspections for for many insurance companies so there's lots of pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that i had i just needed to to bring them all together i just love talking about chartered surveyors so i was <laughs> i was a uh pretty active in the Canadian Institute of Quantity Surveyors and we had a we had a collaboratory agreement with the RICS of which you are mm-hmm. still a member and chapter chair of RICS Southeast and mm-hmm. you know I I've always said because I have a separate podcast called Contact Crew and uh, then this one InsureTech Geek and there of course there's a lot of overlap between buildings and insurance and of course that's kind of what this whole episode is about is the overlap between risk and construction yeah yeah but um, mm-hmm. it, it's really Interesting to see the the missing profession here in the United States of chartered surveyors. How that's really not a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. It needs to, we need it we need it to be a thing. Yeah, and uh, we don't have a professional association of quantity surveyors that can sign a bill of quantities and everybody can just bid a, a unified BOQ. Like mm-hmm. that whole concept mm-hmm. just doesn't yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. And it, and it makes for yeah. a very a much weaker construction industry. But what's interesting about being a chartered surveyor and you know, the RSCS has done so much worldwide for the quality of buildings is that uh, it gives you such a, a fantastic perspective on risk for buildings, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, knowing how buildings are built and knowing, uh, how, you know, being a chartered surveyor and being able to mm-hmm. re- really understand how to quantify buildings, um, how, they're, how they're put mm-hmm. together, how to survey them. I mean, th- th- these are really core skill sets that must make you a very effective risk engineer <laughs> coming in from the insurance side. 
Absolutely. And, you know, as I say, bringing those skill sets is like one big jigsaw puzzle, you know, having them um, and then really then taking that into the software industry. The sort of the mindset came to me and the idea about eight years ago. And I said, you know, there's a better way of doing what we do as a risk engineer. And, you know, I, I know the industry and the background, but it was very, very pay, much paper driven, particularly with builder's risk. Builder's risk is um, a very, very important part of the insurance industry. There's lots of technology out there which, um, you know, drives industries like, you know, within the insurance industry, like the, you know, pet insurance, healthcare insurance. So, um, you know, there's lots of software for that, but nothing for builder's risk. It's very, very small. It's quite a niche market. So having the, the skill sets that I have, you know, we came about um, setting up iMitigate Risk um, and uh, really offered um, something formidable to the insurance industry. Uh, where we are a startup, um, so you know it's relatively new. We we had the software developed and launched uh, early this year in May. So we're we're now in production with uh, several insurance companies um, who are using it. They love it, and the intention is to you know grow the uh, the client base and and uh, go into full production, which is going to be actually in October uh, next month. So that's when we'll go into full production and. Various insurers will start to 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 really benefit from the data that uh, that that we're driving. Awesome, and, and I know Rob has a great question about iMitigate. So, Rob, take it away. Yeah, David, it's a pleasure to, to have you on, and I know your company is, is based out of Atlanta. So there was some big news this week with another Atlanta-based company, Mailchimp, mm-hmm. uh, having a, a twelve billion dollars sale to uh, oh, yeah. the Intuit folks, the TurboTax folks. So uh, you know, kind of a yeah, big milestone, I guess, for the Atlanta startup uh, community. Can you share a little bit about how iMitigate Risk um, supports insurance providers and their clients by managing the builder's risk exposure? Sure. So this software really promotes a wide array of um, different aspects. So if you can imagine the insurance company is the driver of a bus um, and they have several passengers, those passengers would be the broker, the risk manager, who's the insured, risk vendors, they go to external risk vendors or internal risk engineers to do their surveys. Uh, and there'll be somebody on site who's, you know, remember this is during construction. So um, there'll be somebody on site who manages the uh, the site and the risk. So how insurance companies are really benefiting from this is um, when they use the software, um, information flow, it's a flow network um, uh, guidance document which allows them to really promote and send uh, instructions to um, their vendors very quickly. Recommendations which the risk engineer is um, offering to the site contact at site to say, look, here's some areas where you need to improve on. Before this, it was very much paper driven. So if you can imagine a risk engineer going to a project um, and giving instructions to uh, a contractor saying, look, you know, we suggest doing this because it helped reduce claims. The paper driven process was going through to the broker. It was then the broker would have to then send that to the site contact and the risk manager. Very, very slow. The whole aspect is is to reduce claims. So imagine that slow process churning away and all of a sudden there's a claim. Now, we issued recommendations three months ago, but they didn't reach the site. Contact through the bottlenecks that um, is, is being caused in the, in, the, in the supply chain. This is, you know, in real time. Everything is, is given um, and issued across all stakeholders. There's a mobile app. 
which helps the risk engineer collate the uh, recommendations quickly and, and, and note them to photographs and site plans. And everything is just much more smooth. Um, the whole process, you know, is the time process is cut down by 50% with ease um, just through inefficiencies in, in the system. So insurers are really benefiting from the data. Um, the data is collected. You know, there's predictive analytics and AI um, tools, which helps them to um, forecast the risk going forward in the future. When is it likely to have a claim, for instance, based on data which has been collected from other construction projects around the world? And this is a global thing. You know, insurance companies spend just over $1.5 billion every year on insurance risk surveys. That's a lot of money. You know, there's over 25,000 risk engineers worldwide. So imagine everybody using our system and they're not yet, but we hope them. We hope to be the next unicorn and they'll start using it. You know, so as, as they're using this system, imagine all that data being collected um, and uh, how we can really leverage that information. So, yeah, it's uh, they're, they're certainly getting the benefit. It's all linked to geotag locations as well. So we partner with a company called Monarch Weather uh, Consulting um, and we use um, Esri mapping as well for our base maps. Um, and uh, in that sense, there are partners. Um, and we work with them to provide us layers um, to uh, to show what outside influences can affect those projects. So let's get geeky. Let's talk about the tech. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at, at its heart, is this a? It, would you? Would you? Because you know, I, I've been writing software since 1991, like like writing code. Sure. So like, like I'm going to get a little mm-hmm. geeky with you. Okay. Because you're a risk and building geek. I'm a software geek, and of course, I love write. <laughs> I love writing insurance and construction software, and I've written my fair share of platforms. Is this at its heart a business intelligence platform? Is this uh, is, is this really BI and dashboarding and, and pulling in multiple data sources? I mean, uh, is this all sitting on cloud architecture? I mean, like walk me through how, how this is built and what you would categorize it at from a technical perspective. It's a SaaS platform. It's cloud-based. You know, five years ago, insurance companies weren't interested in cloud-based platforms. They, they about um, face, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally about face. And they're, they're now screaming for them. So, um, so it is a cloud-based platform. We use, you know, the software is basically um, uh, using, as I say, a mobile application and, and a dashboard. So it is, you know, BI analytics. It's using, um, you know, artificial intelligence to, you know, categorize photographs. So when we take a picture at site, it can recognize what that is. It will then tell us um, the type of recommendation that should be issued. And we use likelihood and severity of a risk score. So what's built into the system, the algorithms, when we give it a risk score, it will contribute to the overall risk score of the, uh, the actual project that we've, we've uh, inspected, which is very interesting because contractors don't like to hear the fact they've got a number attached to their project. So <laughs> Wait, in, you mean yeah. I get a score, like a report card? <laughs> yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. Imagine, imagine your credit score for a construction site. Yeah. So, you know, they get this score and uh, everything's collated across the, the platform um, with lots of different um, you know, points of uh, inspection points. Um, and once that, that score comes out, immediately they're closing those recommendations. They know in order to reduce that score, they need to do various things. So what we've found is psychologically, they're tapping into that score and saying, look, we don't want it to be assess for this for our project and they're closing recommendations within two or three days 
um, which brings their score right down. It's very important because insurance companies need to know uh, where they sit, you know, within other projects um, that might be similar. The beauty about the, the software is as well is that the data that's collected, it all goes into what's called a global ecosystem, which is anonymized data of scores. So you can compare scores across the platform, as well as it will send trigger alerts to stakeholders who are doing similar projects as long as they're a stakeholder, and it will give them lessons learned. Here is a project that may have had a claim, and it will send them a, a stakeholder alert to say, don't do this because you could get a claim. So there's lots of different aspects that it's doing to, to manage and control risk. So without going to, I know you've asked me the question about the architecture and the software. It's more of a developer's question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just no, the, no, I'm, I'm uh, just, I'm, I'm just the founder. No, I got it. I got it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a technical founder, right? So, I mean, it just depends on the type yeah. of founder that you are, but I, 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 uh, mm-hmm. I, I love digging into some of the details. Of course, I, lo- I went to the website, looked at the screenshots. There are other solutions out there that manage construction photos, use uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence to recognize yep. objects and tools and what's happening. They, they recognize employee mm-hmm. behavior and pattern, mm-hmm. can recognize objects and search through them. I mean, so how are you different than the four other solutions that deal with construction photos and their analytics that are pretty prominent on the market? I mean, what, what makes you different that you're – that you're doing score assessment, that you're bringing this into a broader BI dashboard for risk on the job? Like what, what makes you different? I think builder's risk is, is a bit of a dark science. You can look at Contech and you can look at all different aspects of um, these different platforms, but the workflow in them, you've got to follow protocol. I, I'm not allowed as a risk engineer to go directly to the, the insured. I've got to go through various parties. That would be the insurance company, the broker, and these are the stakeholders, hence the reason why we built a platform that we go through following protocol. We couldn't just show up at site and say, we're going to do a survey. Um, so it's, it's the differences in the workflow um, and how it's all put together. Um, because if we went and there was a claim, it could prejudice that claim. You know, we can't just go and, and, and start looking at various things and then, you know, wave a big bagged stick and say, you've got to do this, that, and the other. It's not about that. Insurance companies work with their clients, hence the reason this software has been built for that reason, to help them manage their risk. And the insurance company pays for that. Um, they, want to, they don't want to see claims. So in order to do that, contractors see insurance risk as pushing the risk away from them and pushing it back to the insurance company. And the insurance company sees the risk as, look, you're the contractor, you've got to manage your own risk, but we need to know how you're doing that. So there's a bit in the middle, and I think we fill the gap in order to make sure that risk is being properly managed, because it can't be managed by one person. It's got to be managed by a collaboration of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do like some really unique things. I think your integration with Esri and Monarch really uh, brings some some beautiful necessary data into the platform, right? Where you're bringing weather data in and geospecific data. Of course, Esri, the leader in yep. geosp- ge- geospatial management, I yep. mean, with ArcGIS and everything they have going on. And then mm-hmm. uh, Monarch, it brings it some really phenomenal weather. And you look at things that really can impact the risk on a job site, certainly weather and geological geographic considerations are, are, are high on the list. So yeah. I love yeah. the uh, I love the, the integrations you brought to it. You, you've really hit my 
big three on products is they need to bring automation, they need to bring intelligence, they need to bring integration. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can't just be an input form and an output form anymore. That was 1995 software, not 2021 software. Absolutely. Uh, so you de- you definitely really hit the um, hit the nail on the head with things that I look for in a in a platform, in particular one mm-hmm. that applies to such a big industry. I know you describe it as a niche, but of course the mm-hmm. the building industry is a multi trillion dollar business. I mean, <laughs> this is a it's it's. Yeah. Builders risk, yes, it is a niche coverage, but it's a niche coverage for one of the largest industries on the planet. You know, so it's uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot mm-hmm. to it. Rob, you've got a really great mm-hmm. follow up on on workflow. Yeah, David, you know, you mentioned uh, workflow, and you know, I think this is uh, often underestimated from a lot of solutions that I've seen out there more broadly in terms of you know you may have great technology and it's got all the bells and whistles, but Mm-hmm. It, it can be hard to break into somebody's workflow just because it can be, you know, highly disruptive. And you know, I often describe this as the gate agent problem, right? We've all been at the airport, and you know, we might have a conversation with a gate agent, and we see them toggling through all these green screens using function keys and things like that from the 1980s, mm-hmm. and we're wondering how yeah. can they possibly use that? But yet, you know, if you gave them a modern interface that you and I could actually, you know, make sense of it and potentially, you know, be a, a halfway competent gate agent, that person that's been relying on that old system for a long time, it actually slows them down, right? And so they may actually not want to adopt the new technology. So I'm just curious, as you've kind of said, you know, hey, previously this was a paper-based process, so now I'm, I'm bringing it into the 21st century using technology. And do you have any uh, insights or, or lessons learned? I know some of our audience members would really benefit from, you know, what are some keys when you're introducing technology into people's workflows? Are there some some best practices or lesson learned that you can share? Sure, and, and it's it's an interesting question. Um, certainly, some lessons learned. I think that whether they're paper driven or legacy systems that they may have been using in the past, I think it's all down to making sure that there's proper training and also uh, instructional videos which are produced. Um, very early on, making sure that the the workflow is there, that they can have access to that workflow and see how things work. It's, you know, something that I I believe strongly going away from things like brochures and booklets and, you know, instruction paper documents, we want to reduce paper. Um, So everything that we have on our system, there's a a cool little help um, onboarding screen, which takes them through the flow. But I think key aspects is to do with um, actual one-to-one training, especially when it comes to using the mobile application. Some of our stakeholders across the supply chain, if you can imagine, we may never get access to the site contact uh, or the risk manager um, through the insurance process um, unless we actually see them on site. So when they download the mobile app to use it to close recommendations, it's going to be very difficult for them to understand what to do. Um, So there is a very, very easy onboarding process for them and we've made that part who we don't necessarily interface with on a day-to-day basis very easy to use and and a very easy interface which they they can look at it intuitively click a few buttons and and make sure that um, they get to where they want to get to very quickly I would imagine that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, usability is such a big deal, in particular with uh, with a construction field workforce, right? I mean, you you don't have time to spend uh, twenty hours training everybody on how to use this. You you, you ease of ease of use uh, construct adoption is routinely yeah. cited as the number one challenge in in deployment of technology by construction companies, mm-hmm. and you need them to be able to collect the data 
and adopt this uh, quickly so that you can actually capture all the information you need. Walk me through the future of the platform, the, the technology itself. Like, is this is this really going to morph into something else where you start getting in job site cameras and you you jump in with a few of the different uh, you know web you know web security camera providers? Uh, you start putting equipment and sensors and cameras on heavy equipment. Like, what what technically speaking are you? Uh, would you like to do if you could wave a wand? Mm-hmm. You want to stick 360 cameras on every hard hat? Like, what do you really want to do? Right now, you're doing a mobile app. Yeah, yep. Another cool question. So thank you for that. We're already in in collaboration partnership talks with a company that provides 360 cameras. If you can imagine us as risk engineers, we go to a project probably every six months um, during construction and through different stages of the construction. Now, we want to fill the gap. There's, there's usually a big gap in between. You know, when we go away from a six-month inspection, what's happen, happened in between? We, know, we want to know if the risk has been going up or down. Or So, you know, site managers using 360 cameras, you know, stuck on a hard hat, they walk the site every day. We don't need data every day, but there's a, a collaboration where we want to see that some of that information through AI capture um, in the photographs will know what the likelihood and severity of various risks are on their project. And then we want to capture that data you know, every month that goes into our system. But they get the daily data, which then helps them drive their risk scores down. So you know, certainly that is the future. The way we see our risk scores going as well is that, you know, and this is, this is just my thought process, not necessarily the insurance company's thought process, but you know, risk scores could be attached to you know, how the project premiums are. You, know, you get a great risk score and you continue to get a great risk score. Your premiums will go down, um, a bit like your car insurance. You, know, you put a black box in the car um, or the telematic device, it tracks how you, you manage your driving and you get a discount of 30%. So imagine our software being the telematic box for the construction industry. And that's where I see it going. Awesome. Rob? Yeah, just to follow up a little bit on that, David, it feels like there is a lot, and I know James talks to a lot of these folks, right? There are so many different technologies now converging kind of on job sites, right? You mentioned the, the cameras, um, you've got uh, wearable devices for construction workers and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you see iMitigate as potentially being a platform for all of this data in in the process where you're kind of incorporating all of that in the risk score or is it separate? Is it really more designed, you know, specifically for that risk manager rather than kind of, I guess, a a full platform that's integrating all of this uh, different data sources together and using the the AI and analytics that you talked about before? So it kind of morphs into the question that James and and myself is asking. We, we see this really going forward as this is why we've created global ecosystem. The global ecosystem is designed to collaborate with other stakeholder companies, um, so other software companies. We want to get the best of Contech and InsureTech, bring them together, port some of that data into our global ecosystem and give insurers a real full scape capture of how risk is being managed. At project level. Um, so if you can manage it individually at project level and at site level with all the outside influences that affect it, um, as well as how it's been managed on site, that brings us into lots of different aspects. It, it brings us into pre-risk analysis and post-risk analysis. Imagine if there's an insurance claim where the major hurricane hits a project um, and you've got data that supports what it looked like prior 
and what it costs and what the values are. All that is, you know, you can press a button and all of a sudden you've got a valuation instantly of what the damages are. Your loss adjuster then can work rapidly in getting your check much quicker than spending six months analyzing the claim. You've got pre-information and post-information and bringing all that together into our global ecosystem is where we see the future. I think that's fascinating. I love how you're leveraging your background as a loss adjuster, as a a risk engineer, right? And all of your background and training is kind of now brought uh, into the iMitigate risk platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, thank you for, uh, for, for having the discussion around this, because I think this is a, a really great, unique take on bringing all these different data elements together, bringing photos together. Of course, w- there, there are solutions that have come on the market that are explicitly just for hurricane and, uh, and wind risk mitigation, where you have before and after photos, uh, whereas this is woven into a comprehensive platform that's used for safety, uh, of course, can be used for quality assurance as well. Um, litigation is litigation comes into this as well. That ha, lit, mm-hmm. Litigation defense has got to be part of every risk mitigation strategy. It can't just be about weather and flooding yeah. and, uh, and and accidents, you know, because lit, litigation mm-hmm. occurs because of a lot a lot of things, delays, who ordered what, mm-hmm. and you know, which, which contractor, which subcontractor performed what trade. I mean, if you if you the, the more Photographic and video evidence, and uh, in the and in a better organized structure you can get, the easier it gets to find uh, find the truth. Right, single point of truth is something a lot Absolutely. of Absolutely. a lot of platforms are seeking out. So uh, yeah, I appreciate yep. it, and thank you for for doing this. Uh, where can people find out more information about the uh, the company and uh, and and talk to you? So um, if anyone wants to look at our website, is the first port of call, which is um, www.imitigaterisk.com. And, and iMitigate is spelled I and then mitigate is M-I-T-I-G, number eight. It'll call twist on that. Um, so it's imitigaterisk.com. Nice. Awesome. Rob, I know you had some news stories for us today. Before we go, uh, what you got? Yeah, just a couple of quick news items this week. Uh, the first is Another seed funding round announcement. This is for a company called Ascend. Uh, pretty big seed round, $5.5 million. And what they are trying to do is modernize the financial infrastructure of insurance, as they claim. And, and one of the things that they're uh, enabling partners to do is to uh, offer buy now, pay later, or BNPL options. And this is really uncommon in insurance. You know, Typically, you have to either pay a full annual premium up front, or if there's any type of financing, right, you might have to pay two, three months down and, and, and the rest later. Um, I know there are companies out there that specialize in premium finance, and they can charge up to 20% uh, interest rates. Like it, 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 you know, it's almost like a, a payday a loan, lot. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a trend that we're seeing, you know, in, in many different industries and uh, Ascend is looking to to bring it to them. So um, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Andrew Wynn a couple of weeks ago. He's the co-founder and they wrote a blog post on it. And uh, Andrew has a great background in terms of being a co-founder of a company called Shelter uh, that was acquired by Hippo and turned into a Hippo Home Care kind of warranty product. So uh, a great track record already. I think that speaks to a little bit of the larger seed round. So uh, congrats to the folks that Ascend and definitely something to put on your radar and to watch. And then yeah, the other one, and, and James, David, uh, interested in your thoughts here. Uh, Snapsheet has joined NVIDIA Inception to accelerate the development of AI models. And I mentioned this one because I actually was speaking with an investor earlier this week that kind of really called to my attention the work that NVIDIA is doing in the AI space and really, you know, just powering, I guess, the, the AI economy. And so it, it just, 
you know, I hadn't heard as much about insurance uh, and, and insure tech entities kind of partnering directly with them. So this one kind of caught my eye to spin up basically next gen AI models and really get you know, deeper understanding to get ever more uh, refined. So uh, definitely one that caught my eye as well. Awesome. And I wanted to point out something that you mentioned Atlanta and you mentioned MailChimp. That uh, was a $12 billion transaction and it was a bootstrap company. So the two founders split the 12. So just wanted to just wanted to point out uh, the, the value of sometimes not raising money and building business the slow, painful way. Uh, and I, you, you know, Rob, I'm a big proponent of bootstrapping when applicable and when possible. And, uh, this, uh, this is proof yet again, uh, that, uh, that it is, I know we talk, talk with a lot of startups on this show. And so, uh, good to, good to see some, uh, good to see some good people, uh, be successful after being told they were going to fail so many times. It's not even funny by investors that had, uh, that had called them. So awesome week for news and certainly, uh, a big time. Now I know also in insurance news, you know, we've, it's been a, a hell of a hurricane season already. South Louisiana not only got hit by uh, one hurricane, but then one snuck around from the, from Texas and, and snuck over on the other side and dumped a bunch of water. So our thoughts are with all of our friends over in Louisiana and all the insurers that cover Louisiana, that they're able to uh, take care of all the claimants. And I know that some of my customers that cover the the state have been in overdrive processing claims and proactively reaching out to claimants and trying to make sure they're taken care of. And I just uh, thought I'd point out the incredible social role that insurers play in helping people helping people during and after a disaster and how much things have changed in the last 50 years with the way insurers approach catastrophic claims. They, they now are get, get very, very, very proactive in outreach and uh, taking care of their claimants. And it's been, uh, it's been awesome to watch people I know in that space do that. So uh, just a little, little shout out to our friends there. But uh, a, a big thanks to David Baxter for joining us. Thank and you. A big thanks to you, Rob, as always, for, uh, for joining on the podcast. Yeah, always great to have our Fridays together recording. So uh, another great episode. Awesome. And again, thank you for joining us on the Insure Tech Geek podcast powered by uh, JB Knowledge. It's all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham. That's jamesbenham.com with co-host Rob Galbraith, endofinsurance.com. A big thanks to Jim Greenley, our podcast producer, Kara Dalton, our, our creative producer. And thank you for joining us today. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride and geek out. See you next time.